you love Jesus all across this house. Can we make some noise for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Come on. If the rocks cry out and praise and worship, so will I. Come on. If the mountains bow in presence, so will I. Come on. Give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place. Come on. You got five more seconds for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come on. Let's give him a shout of praise across this house. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Once you high five your neighbor, say, let's have some church today. Let's have some church today. Good. Come on, tap your neighbor that you picked second. Say, you look like you could use some church today. Go ahead and let them know. <laughs> oh, man, listen. All right, y'all are seated, but I'm going to ask you, it's about like Catholic church. Come on, stand back up on your feet real quick. Uh, if you got your Bibles, we always stand in honor of God's Word. Luke chapter 19. If you got your Bibles, we'll read it together. Then I'll let you sit. Luke chapter 19. We're in the Newer Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And uh, we're going to be talking about a story I think a lot of us have heard, whether we grew up in church or not. Uh, and I just believe that the Lord is going to speak to it today and through it today to you. And I'm just so honored that you're here. If I've never met you, my name is Dustin. Alongside my wife, Allie, our family, we get a chance to lead here at Purpose Church. Just thankful that you're here. Luke chapter 19, if you're there, say, I'm ready. If you need a second, say, hold up. All right, I'll give you, we're going to wait for the one. There we go, I like that. We're in a series called For the One. And I'm excited to talk about this series over the next few weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun together kind of a vision series for us, kind of where we're going, what we're doing, but more so I believe it's it's also going to speak to you individually, that the Lord is going to speak through what we talk about, and especially today, we're talking about this guy you probably heard of, his name's Zacchaeus, anybody ever heard of Zacchaeus before, come on, wave at me if that's you, yeah, you probably have, well, let's talk about it, so Luke chapter 19, I need to get there myself, Luke chapter 19, verse number one, we're going to read God's word, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready, love it, here's what it says, verse number one, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. And watch what the Bible says, that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Excuse me. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. The Bible says that when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. And he said, Zacchaeus, come on. It's just more fun when you read the Bible like that. Come on, shout Zacchaeus. Yeah, that's fun, okay. Quickly, come down. I'm going to be a guest in your home today. And watch what it says. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. I just love that, that when Jesus, when he's in the house, there's great excitement and joy. And I I think about that, and I think about, again, church should look a whole lot more like a party than it does a funeral. And this place is going to be that. This place is going to be where we're excited and joyful to be able to sing the name of Jesus, preach the name of Jesus, honor the name of Jesus. I just like that Zacchaeus had a little excitement and some joy being around Jesus. But watch what the Bible says. But the people were displeased. Watch what they said. He is gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Look at your neighbor kind of grumble a little bit. Just I'll do that right there. All right, do it to the other neighbor. Just be like, blah, 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 blah. all right? That's what was happening. That's what was happening in the streets as Jesus says, I'm going to your house. Watch what happens after that. Meanwhile, while everybody's grumbling, watch what Zacchaeus is doing. Stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I cheated people on their taxes, we will give them back four times as much. 
And then Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And then it's right here. This is Jesus' mission statement. This is why Jesus came to earth. This is why he did what he did. This is why he showed up and put on an earth suit and went to a cross for the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And I just want to tell you, we're going to be a church that goes after the people that are that, that, that be lost and far from God because that's Jesus' mission. We want to be on that same mission. And this series called For the One, I believe the Lord's going to speak through it and to you. And I just want to pray for us and believe that God is going to speak today. But my title of today's message is this, I'm the one, that I am the one. And I want you to write that down whenever you sit down in just a second. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to keep doing what only you can do. And all that God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, high five your neighbors. Say, I'm glad you're sitting next to me at church today. And you can go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Awesome. 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 I'm so glad that you're here. So thankful for you. Uh, and just grateful that you're at, at church today. Anybody enjoy that extra hour of sleep? Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully you're alive and awake today. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but this series, I'm excited about it. And I can't wait for it. But I also want to tell you about something. I always ask a question just to kind of get us all on the same page because I think it helps us a little bit. But is there anybody out there that hates waiting in line? Anybody out there? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Anybody love the new checkout lines at Walmart? Anybody out there? All right, okay, I got it, okay. Let's not grumble in church together, okay. But like, okay, how many of us, I'll just be honest, like I will, the, the McDonald's drive-thru, come on somebody, anybody ever go through the drive-thru and uh, anybody get upset when there's like two lanes in a drive-thru, y'all know what I'm talking about, there's two lanes and then all of a sudden like you're in one lane, you're, how many of y'all are picking the lane that you think is going to be the fastest, come on somebody, I got, I got a short lane, I know I'm going to get behind this car, it's going to be good, I'm going to get up there, I'm going to order, it's going to be fantastic and, and then what happens is that car that pulled in three people back, you know what I'm talking about that car in the other lane all oh, it's stacked up how many of y'all know that when they pass you in the in the wide lane come on somebody right does anybody get upset like I do a little bit right like come on man I've been here I've been waiting my turn I've been trying like I, I've been here the whole time like what do you mean you're gonna pass me and then I, I when it gets to that one part where it's supposed to merge to one lane you know what I'm talking about and then in, in the south this is kind of common courtesy every other one come on somebody anybody know what I'm talking about Right, common courtesy to every other one. Okay, you go, okay, yeah, you go, 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 yeah, yeah, okay, I'll come in behind you. No, no, no. Sometimes people at McDonald's are savages, okay? They're like, I gotta have my double cheeseburger and some french fries, right? And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't like waiting in line. I don't like doing that. I, I enjoy being able to like get in and go through the line. And I've, I've waited my turn. I waited where I was supposed to go and how long I was supposed to go. And I wanna get my stuff and I wanna go after that. But I think about that. And again, I think a lot of times what happens is, if we could just be really honest, we can take this line illustration of waiting in line, and what we can begin to do is actually we can apply it to God's Word. And what happens is we look at God's Word, and we're looking at a story today of something that I think is kind of in that same vein, that same line, when it comes to how you would feel if somebody had a chance to cut line. Because what happens is, we say that we know the gospel, we say that we know God's word, but our viewpoint, our life, our perspective of what other people are doing is that we constantly want other people to get what they deserve, right? I think that happens in all of our lives if we could just be very honest, and that just won't work because, especially as we talk today, this is the idea, and I want you to know this, is that grace and the gospel is anything but fair, Right? It's anything but fair. I think a lot of times what happens is we're like, yo, that's not fair that they got a chance to get in line before I did or they got their food before I did. 
And again, I think we apply that too when we're talking about the gospel, when we're talking about Jesus. And I want to just wreck that a little bit today because the gospel and the grace of Jesus is anything but fair, right? We used to sing a song back in the day called The Scandal of Grace, right? It was like this idea that, man, that is, man, it's scandalous, this idea of, of grace and the gospel and the good news of Jesus is not that the declaration uh, that the good will be blessed. The gospel is the declaration that even the bad will be blessed if they put their faith and trust in Jesus. And that's good news in this place today because all of us, we're some bad people. All of us, including a guy with a microphone in, our hand, in his hand, like literally listen to me. I don't want what was fair for me because what was fair for me was punishment and death. But Jesus gave us some grace, and I'm thankful for that. Grace is the unmerited favor. If you're writing something down, write this down. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. So the moment that you and I start to earn something, it's no longer considered grace. When you see that, the moment that we start to earn something, it's no longer considered grace. But Jesus offers us grace in the fact that he was willing to come and take everything that you and I deserve so that you and I could have everything that he deserves, right? Is there anybody thankful for a Savior who came to earth, traded places with you and I to offer us grace? Come on, if we're thankful for that, can we put our hands together and thank him for that today? And we're thankful for Jesus and what he's done. Thankful for his grace, thankful for his mercy, and I love this story because we're talking about a guy that gets something that he didn't deserve. We're talking about a guy here in Zacchaeus, and again, one more time, if you've heard the story of Zacchaeus, come on, wave at me. If you haven't, it's okay. That's all right. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but this guy named Zacchaeus, I want to give you a little bit of context because, again, it's, it's kind of the same line of the fact that it's a guy getting something that he didn't deserve. And uh, Zacchaeus, well, I'll just tell you, if you grew up in church, you sang a song back in Sunday school. Come on, somebody. And anybody that did not go to church, this next part's about to be weird, all right? I'm just going to throw it out there. But, like, we sang a song about this dude named Zacchaeus, everybody. Y'all remember it? Anybody remember it? Here we go. Zacchaeus was a... This is weird, okay? Like, keep going. He... We had little hand motions to it. Anybody remember that? And the Bible didn't go on. You, okay, let's, let's stop right there, okay? Like, listen, it was scary, right? It was scary. We sang these songs in Sunday school and all kinds of stuff. But, but we learned about this little dude named Zacchaeus. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, right? And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. You know, you got to have a little voice like that, right? Got to have a little voice like that. And what happened was he comes down because I'm going to your house today. And we sing about this guy named Zacchaeus. And what happens is we kind of think Zacchaeus is this wee little man, this little cute little dude that was too short to like see over the crowd and all this kind of stuff. But i got to direct your theology today because this dude is anybody but good. I want to challenge you with it because, again, I think we can look at like the boards in Sunday school growing up and think, oh, he's cool, he's nice. He was anything but that because Zacchaeus was actually a mobster. Zacchaeus was a bad dude. He was an evil criminal, not someone that you want to bring home for Thanksgiving dinner. Come on, somebody, right? This is not who this guy is. No, he was a chief tax collector. So a tax collector, what that would do, what they would do, is actually they were working against their own people for a foreign government, taking money from them so they would have taxes that would be applied, and then a tax collector could come in and take whatever cut off the top on top of that that they wanted. So what began to happen was this guy named Zacchaeus was robbing from his family, his friends, his people, lining his pockets, getting filthy rich. Come on, how many of y'all know we wouldn't like that guy? 
right? Like this guy is stealing from us to make himself rich. And what began to happen was the fact is that the Bible tells us that he's not just any tax collector. He is the chief tax collector. He is like the, the top of the line, like the baddest of bad, the dude that demanded the most, that got the most, that made the most money, that stole the most, the filthiest of them all. This is Zacchaeus. I want us to see that. And again, what we need to see is that the Bible is telling us that Jesus is passing through this town named Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And ultimately, you need to know that on his way to Jerusalem, what's happening in Jerusalem is that ultimately he is going to give his life on the cross. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified on a cross. But that was the mission of why Jesus came. Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. He was on his way to his mission of going to the cross. But here's what I want you to see. I love Jesus because even as he's going through on, on way to his mission, he's still living his life on mission where he's at. So maybe I'm going to speak to you really quick. Maybe you haven't got to where you thought you were going to be just yet. Doesn't mean that you can take this season off and not live on mission right now where you are. And I think a lot of us, we think, oh, okay, once we get to that title, or once we get that figured out, or once I, oh, okay, once I get that moment, or, or, or that position, or, yo, I'm just a college student at Murray State. What, like, I don't need to get too involved. Like, before we begin to live on mission, I think a lot of times what we think is that, oh, I can't do that until this certain thing happens. But something we can learn right here from Jesus is that on his way to his mission of the cross, he's still living on mission with his life. And so some of you in this room, listen to me. I want to challenge you, wherever you're at today, you can begin to serve. That you can begin to lead, that you can begin to give, that I would get involved. I would lean into whatever season that you may find yourself in. And I would say, hey, I'm going to go to next, which is like our next step here. You want to start uh, joining a team or jumping in a crew, go to next. It happens two Sundays from now. Like jump on a crew, jump on the serve team. I'm just telling you, even though you're passing through, I would find myself like Jesus on mission even in this season. I'm going to encourage you with that. And my, my question would be is, are you living on mission? You may not be where you thought you were going to be, but are you living on mission right now? And the Bible says that Jesus, just passing through Jericho, on his way to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that there's everybody, all these, crowd are, these crowds are around Jesus, and in the middle of the crowd, there was the one. In the middle of the crowd, there was the one, this chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. And what did he want to do? He wanted to see Jesus and who he was but the crowd of people around him, he was too short to see over them, so he ultimately could not see Jesus. The Bible says he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. And see, I think a lot of times what happens, I, I think that's a picture of what the world looks like, honestly. I believe that everybody in the world honestly has an appetite to get a glimpse of Jesus. They want to see what Jesus is about, and they want to know more about Jesus, that there's this hole inside of their heart that can't be filled by anything else, and they're wanting to see Jesus. And a lot of times, this is what I know, is that people don't have a problem with Jesus. They just have a problem with people like me and you who say we are close to Jesus, and yet our lives don't look like we live in proximity to him at all. Right, and I want to challenge us with that. Listen, there's this old song back in the day. Y'all remember DC Talk? Anybody remember DC Talk back in the day? That was like Toby Mac and the boy band. Like that was them back in my, my like when I was younger. DC Talk had this line at the beginning of the song of Jesus Freak. And it said, the number one cause of atheism in all of the world is the fact that, guess what? It's people that say they love Jesus, yet they live like he doesn't exist. And then Gandhi even said it like this. If it weren't for Christians, 
I'd be a Christian. Woo, yeah. So the Bible says that Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus, but look at me, y'all. He can't see him because of the crowd of people. And what I want to challenge our church with today, I believe yours and my mission is to get ourselves out of the way so that others can see Jesus. We need to get our, the, the attention should not be on me and you. It should be on the one that saved us, that came to this earth, gave his life for us, that is still doing miracles today, that they got to get their eyes on Jesus. And sometimes we just need to be able to say, I need to get out of the way. And may we be, may we be a church that's for the one, that they can see Jesus, that we wouldn't be a church that gets in the way of people seeing him, but we would create environments where we point people to Jesus. Come on, we believe that? We believe that in this place today? I'm believing that for sure. And so here we got Zacchaeus. Here we got him. You ready? And Zacchaeus, what's he doing? He's like, yeah. He's trying to see, he's trying to see over the crowd, and he can't. Right? He cannot see Jesus. He's trying to get his eyes off. I can't see over the crowd. So Zacchaeus gets wild, and he does two things that it was a big no-no back in the day. And we see it right there in verse number four. He ran ahead, the Bible says, and then he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Two things that he did that you and I, guess what, doesn't mean a whole lot to us because we do it probably all the time. But like this idea, first of all, is dude stay, takes off sprinting. He takes off running. Come on, some of y'all don't run. I get that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm the same way. I don't like to run unless something's chasing me. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like, listen, dude takes off sprinting. And you probably think, oh, it's not a big deal. But just put yourself in this time when this is going on for just a second. You got this guy that's a business dude that is like a, a sleazy, slimy, nasty business guy. And just imagine him in a three-piece Armani suit. Come on, somebody, right? Imagine him for just a second. Imagine him sprinting down the street. Can you imagine that for a second? It's going to get some people's attention, right? People going to start, who's going to look? I'm going to look, be like, what's going on? Are they like, like filming a James Bond movie or what's going on right now? Like something is happening or something's chasing him. What is in the world is so important? And you need to understand that 2,000 years ago in this culture, dudes did not run. Just know that, that dudes did not run. Why? Because whatever you were running towards or running after, that would insinuate that that was more important than you were. And you just didn't do that. You didn't insinuate that anything else was more important. And again, in order to run, you got to understand, dude probably had like a tunic on. And so what, hey, ladies in the room, if you ever had to run in a dress, come on somebody, hope it ain't no, dudes, I hope you ain't running in no dress. That's a different conversation that we got to have. But ladies, okay, you're running in a dress, what you got to do if you're running in a long dress? Come on, you got to hike that thing up, right? Come on. Shoes off, hike that dress up, and start sprinting, right? Okay, this is what he did, and he exposed his legs. I want you to understand, another no-no. You don't do that back in that time. You do not expose your legs. Why? Because it was one of the most shameful things that you could do as a man in that culture. And yet this guy is not worried about anything or anybody, and he takes off sprinting, showing his legs. I want you to see something there. And then he gets to this tree, and he climbs up in a tree. No big deal to us. We're country. We climb trees all the time. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I get it. But what happens is, again, think about this guy right here. Armani wearing suit, businessman, sprinting through the street, stops at a tree, drops his stuff, climbs it like a squirrel. Come on, you, you right there are going to have some questions. First of all, you're probably going to think this dude has lost his mind. Or a cheetah is chasing him, one or the other, right? Like something is going on. And this is what I know is that Zacchaeus loses all of his cool, right? 
And I got to thinking about that. You know, there's some things in life where you just lose all your cool. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been in love? Come on, somebody. Men, that was your moment right there to get some brownie points with your wife, all right? Any men ever been in love in the room? Come on, you're too late. You should answer the first time. Come on. <laughs> Not good. I'm just telling y'all, love make you lose your cool sometimes, won't it? How many of y'all have ever been, okay, when you're around the guys and, and y'all are talking, it's one way of talking, but if she calls, come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? The voice changes, the tone changes, the, 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 I mean, the things you say change. I mean, lots of stuff changes when she calls, don't it? If not, you ain't in love, come on. And if he ain't in love, drop him, girl, come on, somebody. But it just changes. Like, you know, man, when I was, I, I'm in love with Allie, man. When she called, like, literally, oh, man, whoo, something got to change. I, my voice is getting high-pitched, and I'm squeaking, and I mean, all kinds of stuff. You lose your cool when you're in love. How many of y'all ever been around somebody famous? Anybody ever lost their cool fangirled around somebody accidentally? Come on, somebody. Been around somebody that you like, okay, wow, that's them, and you just lose all of your cool. Anybody been there? i seen some of y'all been at the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, you lost your cool. Come on. Right? We just lose our cool a little bit. There's some things in life that we lose our cool over. Now think about that. Now think about this guy right here. There's just some things that you just can't keep your cool card and do that thing as well. And Zacchaeus gives us this incredible picture of what it's like to be desperate for Jesus. And I want to challenge us today the fact that this one dude, highly successful when it comes to the, the world's eyes of money, uppity, scoundrel, mobster, businessman, Named Zacchaeus, hikes up his skirt, runs in front of the crowd, sweating, climbs this tree, not worried about anything else, loses all of his cool. Why? You know what it did? It showed me how desperate he was to get a glimpse of Jesus. And you know what my heart is and my challenge for us today, church, is this, is that you and I would develop a desperation to see Jesus. That, that we would have a desperation to see Jesus. And, and friends, listen to me. I'm just trying to remind us that this is how we should be when we come to Jesus. That we don't come to Jesus with it all put together and all buttoned up and all perfect and everything is glorious and strutting around saying, look at me with our cool self. No, no, no. You know how you come to Jesus? Broken, desperate, not knowing what you're supposed to do and but you're coming to Jesus saying, hey, Jesus, I'll do whatever I got to do to get a glimpse of you. And my heart for our church is this. Look at me. Look at me. My heart for us is this. Is when was the last time that you got desperate for Jesus? Lost all your cool. Like if, if I'm gonna, I want you to literally think about the last time that you got desperate to hear from God. When was the last time that you got desperate to, to hear from his word? To get a glimpse of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to go back in the Rolodex of your mind. Come on, that's the older people joke right there. Come on, not joke. Nobody knows what a Rolodex is. 30 and under. Come on, right? If you have to go back a long way to where you find when the last time was that you were desperate for God, I'm going I'm to challenge you today. Would you develop a desperation for God? But we as a church develop that, guess what? We don't want to show up, God, if you're not here. We don't want to come to church, God. Like, like every single Sunday, let's develop this desperation to hear from God in this place. Let, let's pray, pray, just, just have a desperation that, God, you're going to speak. God, you're going to move. God, you're going to heal. And I'm showing up believing it in, in this place that, God, you're going to do something that only you can do. Come on, let's show up with a desperation for his voice. And again, imagine for just a second, Zacchaeus gets done sprinting. And come on, a lot of y'all after you and me get done sprinting, what are we doing? God, 
that gum. That was, that was tough. And can you imagine for just a second? Here's Zacchaeus climb this tree, and he's. just embarrassed myself I just ran in front of all these people and you imagine him wiping his forehead and wiping the sweat off and man out of breath and I I think if I could just put myself in Zacchaeus' shoes for just a second I think what I would be thinking was is this worth it if I could just be really honest I think Zacchaeus throws loses his cool runs after Jesus and then guess what? He's probably in that moment thinking, is this worth it? Like, is this even worth it? Like, what am I doing up here? Like, I, I, just, I just lost everything, all of the respect that I would have had. I lost it all in a matter of seconds from sprinting ahead to be able to see Jesus. And I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking about you. I think a lot of times what happens is we come into church, and we think the exact same thing. Like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Like, what is this, first of all? Like, what is happening Is this even worth it? And if I could just take a moment just to speak into the story of Zacchaeus, if I could just take a moment and to speak into your life really quick, I would shout from the top of my lungs, listen to me, yes, it's worth it. Yes, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it, Zacchaeus. And listen to me, you may have shown up with that same attitude today, and it is worth it. Zacchaeus, you may be panting and out of breath from where you ran ahead of the crowd, but listen to me, it's worth it because ultimately Jesus was going to walk the streets of Jerusalem on the way to Calvary. Now Zacchaeus, you may have climbed a tree, but Jesus died on a cross made from a tree for you, Zacchaeus, that Jesus Uh, Zacchaeus sat in a tree, but Jesus hung on a tree. Zacchaeus, you may be sweating because you were running, but Jesus bled because of a crown of thorns crammed on his head and nails put through his hands and his feet. Zacchaeus, you might be tired, but it's going to be worth it because Jesus didn't get just tired. He actually died so that Zacchaeus, the one who was undeserving, could find relationship with God. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus five seconds of praise for one that came for us if you're here today and you're wondering if it's worth it listen to me it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it and the Bible says in verse 5 when Jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name and he said Zacchaeus somebody shout Zacchaeus yeah y'all just shout it like Jesus shout it shout it Zacchaeus that'd be good quickly come down I gotta be a guest in your house today ever had somebody invite somebody themselves over to your house anybody ever had that come on this is Jesus you're letting him come you know what I'm saying oh sure yes let's go right I I think when I think about this there's this crowd around Jesus there's all of these people they're touching Jesus pushing up against Jesus probably fans of Jesus' miracles that they had seen him uh, like uh, to perform and do and uh, uh, like literally right in front of them and as he is passing through in the middle of the crowd he stops in his tracks and guess what he does he notices the one at the top of the tree he notices the one that Zacchaeus is up in this fig tree and what happens is Jesus rearranged his whole day just because of the one and I think it's incredible that I love seeing the compassion of Jesus The love of Jesus. Do you know the power of that statement that we just read a second ago? That he looked up to Zacchaeus. There's power right there in the fact that Jesus looked up to Zacchaeus. Because you know why? His entire life, everyone had looked down at Zacchaeus. And not just because of his stature. Not just because he was shorter than everybody else. No, no, no. They looked down on Zacchaeus because look at what you've done. Look at who you are. 
Look at, how, look at how long you've been there. Like, look how messed up it is that you're doing what you're doing. Look at how crazy you got to be to do that. Look at how wild your life has turned out. Look at how lonely you are by yourself. But I love the fact that Jesus, the Savior of the world, looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. And I got to thinking, if I'm Zacchaeus, he's like, wait, wait, wait. You know my name? Like, you know me? Like, really? You, you, you know my name? And I want, to, I want to tell you really quick, Zacchaeus, if you go back and look at the original language, the, Zacchaeus' name literally means pure, innocent, and righteous, which is the exact opposite of what he had become. And this is what I want to speak to you today. Jesus didn't call him by what he had became, but he called him by his name. And I want to challenge some of you today, Jesus knows the name of the one. That Jesus knows you. That Jesus knows who you are. That's really good news because if I'm broken, that Jesus is going to call me not because of what I became, but by the name that he's given me. If I'm broken, he calls me whole. If I'm insecure, he calls me strong and courageous. If I become depressed, he calls me joy. If I become addicted, he has called me free. And so that's good news today because whoever you are, wherever you come from, understand that the God of the universe knows your name and listen to me in knowing your name he knows everything about you the good the bad the ugly the real ugly come on somebody right like that like he knows what you did last night he knows what you did last summer he knows what you're going to do tomorrow right but yet right in knowing your name he's declaring you know what I'm picking you I'm choosing you I know all the good things and the bad things and in all of that I still want a relationship with you come on can we thank God together today, that even in the midst of our struggles, even in the midst of our sin, that Jesus wanted a relationship with us. And listen, if Jesus found Zacchaeus up in a tree, trust me, he can find you where you are today. I just got to tell you that. Quick, Zacchaeus, you got to come down. I'm going to be a guest in your house today. We got to land this plane quickly in 18 seconds. It's not going to happen, but we're going to try together, okay? Here we go. I want to tell you, talk about a name drop. Literally, that he said his name, and it dropped him out the tree. Come on, somebody, right? He comes down immediately, and then the next thing that happens is people all around him start murmuring. They start grumbling a little bit. Come on, tap your neighbor and just start grumbling a little bit again. Just Now go to your other neighbor. This is what's happening as soon as Zacchaeus comes down. That right there. As soon as what's going on, as soon as he's calling him out, as soon as he's saying, Zacchaeus, I'm going to be a friend of yours. I'm going to go to your house. That took place. That the murmuring started happening. And what happens is Zacchaeus comes out of that tree and everybody starts saying, no, 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 Jesus, no, 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 no. He doesn't deserve this. He belongs in the back of the McDonald's line. Come on, somebody, right? He belongs back there. He hasn't waited his turn. Do you know who he is? Do you know what he's done? Do, do, do you know what his past looks like? And I'm going to say something that might offend some people in the room. I'm not, I'm not saying it like in a, uh, an offense. Hey, okay, it's, it's offensive. Okay, I'm going to say it. I think sometimes us in church like the grace of God in theory, but not in actuality. I think sometimes we're good with grace as long as it's for us. We're not good with grace if it's for them. Because you don't know what they've done. You don't know how they've been. And I say that because, listen, if I was in this story right here, guess what? I'd be grumbling too. I'd be grumbling too. You know why? Unless I was the one. And that's what I'm trying to get us to today, that you and I would understand 
that we are the one. That, that you and I are Zacchaeus. That's what I'm trying to get us to realize today. That religion says that this is what you need to do to get in relationship with God. But relationship with God is all about what Jesus has done and the work that he has done for you and me. And I want us to be a church that when someone walks in this door... They may say, I don't know if I believe all this yet, but there's something about you people that I feel welcomed. I want to be a church that's known for being a church that's guest of notorious sinners. Come on, somebody. That we would be a place that is okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. Can, can I just encourage you that whenever the gospel goes out and goes forth, there's always going to be a little muttering, always a little grumbling, always a little murmuring happening. Because you know why? Because I think a lot of times we forget the grace that was extended to us. But this is what I know is that grace is most appreciated by the one who needs it the most. Grace is the most appreciated by the one who needs it the most. And some of us, if I could just be very honest with us today, some of us need to spend less time grumbling that someone else has been shown grace and more time appreciating the fact that we've been shown grace. I'm going to challenge you with that. That again, may we not point a finger and say, oh, you don't know what they've done whenever I have fingers pointing back at me. God, you know what I've done. Maybe nobody else does. But you know what I've done, and your grace is sufficient for me. That you've forgiven me. May we be a church that's like that. May we be a church that, yes, there is a standard. That, yes, God is asking us to follow after him with everything we've got. But listen to me. You can't meet Jesus and go back to your old life. Like you can't have an encounter with Jesus. We see that right here at the end of the story. Zacchaeus, like getting down from the tree, Jesus going to his house. You got to realize Zacchaeus probably ain't used to company. Man, I ain't cleaned up in weeks. Come on, I got to put some stuff in the closet. Jesus, come on in. Like, ain't nobody ever come over because everybody hates me. And no, no, no. I can imagine just for a second MTV Cribs. Y'all remember that back in the day? Come on, it's my show. I loved it so much. But, like, I can just imagine Zacchaeus, like, all right, Jesus, look, like, look at my infinity pool, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, that's so nice. I got the indoor basketball facility over here. Jesus, look in my fridge, man. Look at all the goods I got in the fridge. And I can just imagine the excitement maybe that Zacchaeus had, only to realize in the middle of it, you know what? I got all this, and I'm still not happy, <laughs> still not satisfied, but, but, Jesus, you're going to have to leave because you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've, got, what I've done to obtain this. You don't know what I've done to, to get this. I think you would probably be like, oh, Jesus, you're going to have to go somewhere. You're going to have to leave. But we know that Jesus stays at Zacchaeus' house. And I love that so much that even in knowing all that Zacchaeus had done, that Jesus was still a friend to the sinner. That he still was saying, hey, I'm, I'm the Savior. I know what you've done, yet I still want a relationship with you. That's good news today. It's good news for us today. And the fact is, I, I, we don't know what Jesus said in his sermon to Zacchaeus. Come on, that's a question I'm going to ask when we get to heaven. Jesus, what you tell Zacchaeus? Because I'd love to have preached that at the Purpose Church. It would have been great, right? Like, what did you tell Zacchaeus? But Zacchaeus simply had one encounter with Jesus. And look at me. Everything changed. Everything changed. Next thing we know, Zacchaeus is quiet in the room down. Got something to say. Got an announcement to make. I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times, excuse me, as much. 
I'll get back. And I, I want to go and I want to take half of what I have and give it out outside of these walls. And if I've stolen anything from anybody, Lord, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount. And I got to thinking about it and I wrote it down this way and I couldn't shorten it anyway. This is literally what kind of come out of my brain onto a piece of paper. The only reasonable response to having my life changed and my world turned upside down and inside out is absurd generosity. Like absurd generosity. Like, wow, kind of generosity. Like, oh my goodness, sometimes that doesn't even make sense kind of generosity. Now, I'm going to challenge us today. Could the same thing be said about you and me? And I, I'm going to, I think a lot of times when we start talking about things like this in church, we can get a little funny when you start talking about possessions and money. I'm not, I, listen, I'm going to be very clear. Like today, Nobody's asking anybody to sell 50% of their stuff and give it away, okay? I'm just going to be very clear, okay? Or four times, no, 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 but I, But I am challenging you, are you absurdly generous? Can that be said about you and me? Now think about that, and I want to challenge you. If you can't say yes to that, I've got a few things that I think you can be praying through. Okay, I need to, I need to probably do that to, to develop some absurd generosity in your life. And one of those things, and this is like the first time we've ever thrown it up on the screen in front of you, it's this thing called the 90-day tithe challenge. And I know that that is super bright because all of y'all went like, wow, that was awesome. Wow, okay. 90-day tithe challenge. And I, I say it like this because I really do believe that you can't outgive God. Now listen to me. I'm not a prosperity gospel guy. You ain't going to hear me say, give 100, you're going to bless and reap 1,000. Come on, no, nobody's doing that today. Nobody's doing that. But I've seen this principle work in my own life. And listen, I, I want you to know I mean it so much and that that. We don't want something from you more than we want something for you. 90-day tithe challenge. We're so confident in the word of God and his faithfulness that we're willing to offer this guarantee right here. If you will trust God and tithe, giving the first 10% of your income for 90 days, and at the end of that 90 days, don't feel like God has blessed your life. I'm not talking about your finances necessarily being like, oh, my gosh, I've got more money. No, no, no. I'm just talking about if, uh, by the end of that, you come to us and say, hey, man, I tried it. I was consistent. This didn't seem to work out. We will return 100% of your tithe to you. Because I want you to know that we believe in this so much. And we believe in this principle so much that when you've been changed by Jesus, your life, can't, like it's got to be absurdly generous. Like i got to be generous with what you've given me, God. And then again, I've, I've told you about it over the last six weeks. But just want to remind you again that two weeks from today, we're doing a thing called a legacy offering. Now, again, I want to challenge you. It's not going to be weird. Like, I know that sometimes when you think about church and money, it just feels weird. It's not. This, we're setting in part of what legacy offering has gone towards in years past. That we got a lot more people outside these walls that we want to reach. That we got a lot more people out in our community. There's a lot, and I'll tell you more about it next week. There's more shoes on kids' feet that we want to be a part of putting out. There's 2,134 kids in Murray and Callaway County. And look at me. I want to put a shoe on every one of their feet. A brand new pair of shoes in Jesus' name. Let's do that together. That's what Legacy Offering is going towards. We're, we're going to be able to, to reach more people with the gospel. And we're going to do it together. Legacy Offering is our only offering that we do all year long that's above what I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you with with a tither offering. Only one special offering a year. Nothing else. November 19th. Pray about, hey, God, how can I get a part of How can I be a part of that? I'll tell you a little bit more about it next week, but one pair of shoes, 40 bucks. Okay, we can buy one pair of shoes for a kiddo that we're going to go put on their feet. I'd love for you to come when we do that. Please be a part of that. But come on, let's be a, a church that's super generous and says, okay, I can't afford all of them, but I can, I can afford one. 
I'm going to give, God, what I, what, what I can, uh, and I'm, I'm going to trust you, God, with that. And again, of course, God, I'll be absurdly generous. I'll serve at my church. You know why? Because you served me by saving my soul. Of course, I'll show up 30 minutes early. I'll be generous with my time, my talent, my treasure, because, man, you've given me more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. And my thing is this, a life that's generous, I'm going to have a life that's generous because I am a life that has been changed by the generous work of Jesus on the cross. And if you're in this place, come on, let's live with some absurd generosity. Let's be a people that go out these doors making a difference for Jesus Sunday at 1159 all the way through Saturday night when I, come, when I go to sleep to come back to church the next day. All right, I want to be a part of making a difference in this community. And it starts with the one, one of us deciding that. Okay, one and one and one and put all that together and we can make a dent in the darkness and plunder hell and populate heaven together. Come on, if we believe that, can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place? Listen, I want to challenge you though, maybe there's somebody in this room that doesn't know Jesus and you're here and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus. There's nothing that you and I can do to earn Jesus' love for us. There's nothing that we can do, but I am going to tell you too that again, I, I want you to know that Jesus has came. He gave his life for us. Even if you were the one person that he had to do it for, Jesus was willing to die for you and for me. Even while we were still sinning, the Bible says Jesus died for us. And the Bible says that if we'll put our faith and trust in him, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So you're in this place, and you need to give your heart to Jesus. All across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? You're in this place to say, hey, I need to give my life to Jesus today. If that's you, I'm going to just lead you in a prayer of confession. Like I said, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer of confession. If that's something you want to say word for word, awesome. If you want to tell God what you want him to do, I want you to tell him, dear Jesus, would you save me? I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I know I'm separated from you. But Jesus, I, I trust you today. I believe that you came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross. And I put my trust that you got out of the grave. I want you to be the Lord of my life today. If that's you and you're in this place or you're watching online and you just gave your life to Jesus, you just confessed to Jesus that you want him to come in your life and save you, if that's you, I want to know that you made that decision. Just like Zacchaeus, he, he, he met Jesus, he had an encounter with Jesus and his life was forever changed and he had to tell everybody, my outside is going to look a whole lot different because of what Jesus has done on the inside of me. So maybe you're here and you say, hey, I just gave my heart to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up above your head and say, hey, I just said yes to him. I see your hand. Anybody else? Say, hey, that's me. Just gave my life to Jesus. Anybody else? That's me. Awesome. So there's a few things that I would ask you to do if you had your hand raised. It would be to let us know that. A couple of ways that you can do that. If you're watching online, you actually text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. We'd love to follow up with you that way. And if you're in this place today, there's two ways that you can let us know that. After we dismiss in just a second, we got a great, incredible team of people on either side of the platform here. We'd love to talk with you, love to celebrate with you, you making that decision. And then another way that you can also let us know is that QR code. You can scan it and let us know that you made that decision. We'd love to follow up with you this week and let you know that you made the best decision you've ever made in your life. We love that. And I want to talk to everybody else that's in the room. Maybe you, you have that relationship with Jesus, but you know that one. You know that one, that you and I were the one, but you have that one. 
somebody that's been on your heart, somebody that's that family member, somebody that's that teammate, some of y'all that's your kid, some of y'all that's your parent, and you've been praying that God would save them. And you've been praying that God would, would, would see what they're in. He does see it, but that they would recognize their need for Jesus. If that's you and you say, hey, Dustin, I would just love it if we would just pray together for that one that I know to come to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up above your head? I got friends that need Jesus. I got that one that's on my mind right now. Awesome. Let me pray with you, God. I just believe in Jesus' name that there's going to be some people this week that reach out wanting to know more about you, wanting to know more about what you've done and who you are, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you so much that there's some people in this place that are praying for that one. God, I pray that not only would we be praying for them, but that we would be encouraging them, we would be challenging them, we'll be leading them, we'd be sharing the gospel with them, we'd be generous with them, and God, that our lives would be just a direct pointer to you, Jesus, and that God, this week, I'm just praying for conversation to strike up, I'm praying, God, that you would draw them to yourself, that you would save them, and that Jesus, you would get some glory in all of that, Jesus. We love you, all the glory, all the praise, all the honor goes to you, King Jesus. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, why don't you stand to your feet and put your hands together for Jesus in the room today.